0: Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Isaiah, and today we are in uh, chapter 48. Uh, I I think of this chapter in particular as uh, an example of how there's this honest relationship with God and the people of God. We see a lot of the honesty in the Psalms from the people expressing their true feelings, and I feel like the prophets are God's side of that honest conversation, and we're going to see some of that uh, today, some of the the pain of uh, God's side of that relationship. So we're in Isaiah 48 verses 1 through 5 and 17 through 22, where we read this. Listen to me, O family of Jacob, you who are called by the name of Israel and born into the family of Judah. Listen, who you who take oaths in the name of the Lord and call on the God of Israel, you don't keep your promises even though you call yourself the holy city and talk about depending on the God of Israel, whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies. Long ago, I told you what was going to happen. Then suddenly I took action and all my predictions came true. For I know how stubborn and obstinate you are. Your necks are as unbending as iron. Your heads are as hard as bronze. That is why I told you what would happen. I told you beforehand what I was going to do. Then you could never say, my idols did it. My wooden image and metal God commanded it to happen. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you you should follow. Oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sands along the seashore, too many to count. There would have been no need for your destruction or the cutting off your family name. Yet even now, be free from your captivity. Leave Babylon and the Babylonians. Sing out this message. Shout it to the ends of the earth. The Lord has redeemed his servants, the people of Israel. They were not thirsty when he led them through the desert. He divided the rock and water gushed out for them to drink. But there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks
0: be to God. One of the things this uh, um, chapter reminds me of is just like uh, the, the voice of regret, like when there's pain um, from choices you've made, um, you know, kind of like the phrase, if only, if only, if only. Uh, and I think many of us understand this voice, like, you know, there's things that we've done in our past, maybe relationships, if we could do things over, things that we would reconsider, friends who maybe got us in trouble or took us down the wrong road or Uh, a close person who, uh, you know, maybe we trusted the wrong person who ended up betraying us, or who knows, maybe we were the ones that were leading down, leading others down the wrong path. But Israel here seems to be someone who never learns, even though they've been in captivity for decades, they still don't seem to learn their lesson. As God says, their heads heads are as hard as bronze. You know, we might say that they're full of rocks or something like that. And you know, it reminds me of a, a saying, I don't know where I learned it. I think it was in school at some point, but it's always stuck with me. This saying that the fool never learns the smart learn from their mistakes, but the wise learn from the mistakes of others. And I remember hearing that and thinking, ah, oh, I want to be wise. <laughs> I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to just be smart. I want to be wise. I want to learn from the mistakes of others. And, and that's the opportunity that we have here. It's like, um, when Paul writes in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, ten, uh, where he says these things hap- happened as examples for us, they were written down to warn us uh, who live at the end of the age. This idea that we we can benefit from the mistakes of others, and we can see Israel's mistakes, you know, uh, clearly here uh, in this in this uh, chapter. Um, you know, I I've seen it written that through the seventy years of captivity, Israel finally learned the lesson of uh of ritual faithfulness that they finally abandoned all their multiple gods that they they finally did away with their idols when they came back to the promised land they were finally free of that sin that had beset them since the beginning um i've seen that written but archaeological evidence seems to indicate that that wasn't quite true that even some temple artifacts that have been recovered Uh, had pagan imagery on them, pagan symbols on them. So it seems like this really was a sin that uh, none of us ever fully uh, recover from. Um, You know, in a previous Devo, I said that uh, that, uh, one of the downsides of of, um, idolatry is that, you know, and of being unfaithful, is that we don't get to uh, testify about the faithfulness of God. And, but, there's another way in which in some ways our unfaithfulness even uh, can magnify the faithfulness of God as Israel's does Israel's unfaithfulness does here because God's faithfulness is even more evident in the fact that God will not abandon Israel despite their repeated abandonment of, of God. But I I love this uh, verse at the end of uh, chapter 48, there's no peace for the wicked or as it's sometimes uh, said in, uh, uh, Modern culture, uh, there ain't no rest for the wicked. There's a, a great song. Um, I, I'm not going to sing it or anything, uh, but there's 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 this idea that um, there's this invitation to rest and peace. This idea that you know God gives sleep to those He loves. You know Psalm 127. That we can find so much of the rest that we truly want if we would just stop fighting with God and and be faithful, as God says here, he lays out the paths for us. Oh, that we would obey his commands and, and find the peace that we really look for, you know, to have that experience that when, when we lay our head down to rest, that we can, you know, sleep deeply and feel that sense of peace, that whatever else is going on, we're going to be okay because uh, we are right with God, mostly because, um, almost entirely because God has made us right with him. But in the end, uh, it's, it's, good to not have a divided heart, to constantly have a divided life. I think, you know, I love the word integrity. I think that's a a, a popular word and, and it's, it's something that people strive for, but the, the root of the word integrity is integer, you know, to, to be one, to be whole, like integers are whole numbers. And for our lives to have wholeness, you know, to follow God wholeheartedly rather than uh, seeking our own ways and, and, you know, like the Israelites keeping idols on the side, you know, uh, something like that. So there really is this invitation that God is giving in the midst of this honest uh, complaint, there is this invitation um, to finally abandon these ways, to finally be the wise person who learns from the mistake of the mistakes of others rather than being the fool or the wicked person who who never truly learns. Dave, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage.
1: Well, you know the way I always heard that statement was the uh, this uh, smart learn from their mistakes. The wise learn from the mistakes of others. And the fool never learns because they already know everything. And <laughs> I think, yeah, that definitely captures my experience. Um, so I, I see so much in this passage. Uh, I'm sure I won't have time to get to it all. But um, I think just I want to make a quick note of the uh, what, what he says in, in starting in verse uh, one. Listen, you who take oaths in the name of the Lord and call on the God of Israel. Remember, Jesus is going to tell us later on be very slow to take an oath. In fact, don't take an oath in the name of the Lord, right? Because goodness knows, we just, we we are, uh, we overestimate our own reliability, right? Mm-hmm. And so have a little more humility than that. But he says, uh, wh- uh, you who take oaths, you don't keep your promises, even though you call yourself the holy city. And talk about depending on the God of Israel, whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies, right? That, that there's this... Pretense of of integrity of holiness you know of strength, uh, but he's saying, "Hey, you guys, you don't follow through," and uh, and I think that's actually going to end up being always sort of this this tension in all of us that we want to be striving for integrity and have the humility to accept that it'll always be striving. Uh, Psalm fifteen uh, says something like, "I," uh, it's it, uh, in NIV is the way I know it is is something like. Um, you know, the question at the beginning of Psalm 15 is who may ascend uh, the, 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 uh, the Lord's holy hill, right? And meaning when, you know, that's being Zion, like who can come up to the temple, who can have this encounter with God? he has got a whole list of of things. And one of them is um, the one who keeps his commitments, even when it hurts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that many of us are people, we like to keep our commitments when it's convenient, when it's advantageous. Uh, but, but the, the person who actually has integrity is the one who keeps his commitments even when it hurts. And that's not just commitments to God. It's commitment to each other. And so I also say be slow to make commitments to each other because God holds us accountable for these things. Uh, I, I Again, we could talk about that the whole time. But the, the one that really captures me is the, the one where you ended, John, in verse 22. There's no peace for the wicked. Or as I know it again from the NIV, there's no rest for the weird, uh, wicked. And the um, the way I, reason I almost said that wrong uh, one of my dad's favorite phrases, uh, we, you know, because he tends to work very, very, very hard, and he taught all of us as his sons to work very, very, very hard. Um, and uh, and so one of his favorite phrases is, "Well, there's no rest for the weary." And uh, growing up, I never knew the difference. I, uh, you know, I just heard that a million times, and sort of, yep, that's the way of the world. Um, but uh, but I then I realized, oh, he'd been misquoting that all the time. As I, you know, once I became a Christian and would read through the the scriptures. And I realized, oh, no, no, there's there's no rest for the wicked. And there was something, I don't know, laudable about being, you know, weary, right? And still working hard. We don't have to rest. Uh, but I realized, oh, this is actually a rebuke. And and now, as I still occasionally will hear it from him, much less often, uh, I, I always remember, okay, I, that's actually a rebuke. I need to hear that. And here's the thing. In fact, this is what I'm really thinking about a lot literally this week. This is kind of what has been God's been talking to me about in my own quiet times. Um, I, I've been thinking about the uh, the invitation from God in um, in, in Matthew uh, chapter 11, where he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I realized that there's so many times when my yoke, my Dave yoke does not feel easy or light. It feels extraordinarily heavy. It feels crushingly heavy. And and at those moments, i God, can you help? Or I, I just want to run away and escape or whatever. But what I've really been challenged by is to realize if my yoke is heavy, I'm carrying the wrong yoke. I'm carrying the one that Jesus is supposed to hold, right? He when when I'm carrying the the, the sort of joining Jesus. He's the one bearing the weight, so it's easy for me. But when I'm doing it by myself, when I'm doing it, trying to not go along with Jesus, it would be very, very heavy, even if I'm trying to do things for Jesus. I think this is not just a problem for people in ministry. I think it's a problem for all of us who follow Jesus. We have these grand ambitions of good things we want to do, but we end up doing it in such a way that we're, we're not allowing Jesus to bear the burden of it. We bear the burden. We take the burden for the timelines and the setbacks and the disappointments rather than saying, well, well, that's that's God's job. I'm not going to worry about that. And my anxiety is evidence that I'm carrying the wrong burden. And in fact, I think I've been carrying the wrong burden in, in a couple of cases recently. Uh, and and so for me, the spiritual work is to stop carrying Jesus's burden. Because if if I'm carrying my burden, then there is peace. Right, And it's my sin, that it, which is separating me from Jesus, it's my sin that is actually undermining my peace. Because if I had been listening to Jesus' commands and trusting in Jesus' power and Jesus' authority, then, verse 18, you would have had peace like a gentle river. We're doing it right when we can sleep peacefully. That's the sign that we are doing our part. And we're aligned with Jesus who's doing his part.
0: I think oftentimes when we overwork, it's it's out of anxiety. We get back to that same thing about, you know, do not be afraid, right? We can trust in God so we don't have to take on more than is actually our burden. Um, and so that that do not be afraid is for our own good. It's not just so God can get us to step into dangerous places, but it's so that we can let go of things that we're holding on to because of anxiety and worry. Amen to that.
1: Well, John, can I close us in prayer for today? That'd be great. Lord, today we hear your invitation to come and to rest, to trust in you, to follow you, to let you do the hard part. And we follow along faithfully, doing all of our part, but no more. God, I pray that you would give us the grace, the wisdom, the humility to just be human. God, forgive us for the hubris when we try to do it ourselves. God, we praise you that you not only offer power, but you offer grace. So God, we we lean into both of those today. In your precious name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. And I hope you really can join us tomorrow because in contrast to this picture of half-hearted faithfulness, we're going to see God's response of full-hearted faithfulness in God's servant, the Messiah. So join us again tomorrow. Go in peace.